everyone. You are now listening to Greg Talks. My name is Greg. I am a current sophomore at Oakland University, and I am a bioengineering major. And welcome to the show. So today I wanted to speak on the new Joker movie that came out about two weeks ago and just kind of air out my thoughts on the movie, kind of tell you what I thought about it. Uh, forewarning, this will have spoilers, so if you want to take a risk and listen further into the recording, that's on you, but don't say I didn't warn you. Now, to start off with my expectations going into this movie, I really had a lot of high hopes for it, not only because of what I heard from the news that was... Uh, showed on the internet from the given festivals that this movie was played at, but also because it was on a character that usually, if done correctly, warrants like great media. I mean, a la if you've seen The Killing Joke or if you've seen the animated movie The Red Hood, which both involved the Joker doing some pretty psychotic and heinous things to the main characters of those films, well, I guess technically Joker is the main character of the, the Killing Joke. But if you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, like I went in having pretty high hopes for this film. Also, like, you know, they were already saying it was going to be nominated for a Grammy. So usually when that kind of talk gets surfaced around, you already know it's going to be some good stuff. But uh, I went to go see the movie on... October the 5th, so it's pretty recent in my head, so I'll kind of do my best to kind of go through the beginning, the middle, and end to just talk about like what my favorite point to the movie was, and then just kind of get into some analyzing after the fact. So the movie, re the movie <laughs> revolves around this character named Arthur Fleck, and he essentially works for this entertainment company where he has to dress up as a clown and he goes out and essentially provides advertising for different companies that he um, stands in front of you know so at the beginning of the movie uh, you know he went to this shop and he was like you know doing his job and holding a sign only to have these uh, stupid kids like come up and pretty much steal his sign and then they booked it down the street and, you know, that caused him to run after them, only for Arthur Fleck to get, you know, um, beat up by the kids and the sign broken, you know, so that happened. And then afterwards, we see him like talking to his therapist. And in that one scene, you know, he was kind of like showing his therapist like his journal and saying like he's training to be a stand up comedian and, you know, that that's some good stuff, only to see him, only for you to see him turn the page. And then you realize, oh, no, that he's actually, like, thinking about killing himself because he writes this one quote, you know, I hope my life makes more sense than um, my acting or, you know, my uh, entertainment. Because he honestly doesn't think, I mean, deep down, he probably doesn't think he's going to be successful. So he feels like, you know, if he dies then, you know, people will finally start to get what he's going through and what people like him have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. 
But he goes there, though, and it isn't really much help, though. The only thing she tells him is that, you know, you, you need to take more meds and stuff like that. And then he leaves. And then, you know, he goes home, and then we meet his mother, who is not in the best state she could be in. And, you know, he takes care of her. She seems to be getting going a little senile, as it looks. And, you know, he pretty much uh, sat down with his mom to watch this uh, comedy show. I forget the comedian's name, but he looks up to the comedian so highly that he starts to have a fantasy about the uh, comedian, about being on the comedian's show and then the comedian actually seeing him as a son, you know, because Arthur never had a father and he looks up to this man so highly that he would like love to be his son or love to get the opportunity to be put into that position. But, you know, then, you know, it abruptly comes back, cuts back to reality. And then later on in the film, you know, he goes back to his job and he, uh, you know, was talking to his buddy who isn't really his buddy, but because you can kind of see the tension between them. And his buddy gives him a gun because, you know, he says it's getting dangerous out there in Gotham. And then Arthur says, like, why the hell would you give me a gun? Like, you know, I have issues and like you give me a gun. Like, it's not a good idea. But of course, Arthur takes it anyway because, you know, he doesn't really, you know, he gives him the benefit of the doubt and says it's out of kindness that he's giving me this. So he takes it and then he goes back home with it. And, uh, you know, then he starts playing with the gun. And then, of course, he stupidly shoots it off in his apartment, which is really dumb. Do not do that if you have a gun, especially if you have the safety turned off. Um, because you he could have killed someone. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did actually die since he did shoot it through the wall. And it most likely was next to another person's room. So, you know, that person is probably injured or dead. But then um, uh, he gets another job to go perform at this uh, children's hospital. And, you know, his dancing is all going good. And this, by the way, is like one of those, like, oh, crap moments where it's like you, you're doing the right thing only for the worst possible thing to happen right after. So he drops a gun while he's performing. And then, you know, you as the viewer looking at the movie like, Oh no, like this isn't going to end well for him. And as I thought, or, you know, as most of us that were watching it thought, he lost his job shortly after. Therefore, causing Arthur to blame the person that gave him the gun, um, put, putting the blame on him, when in actuality it, it was kind of his fault, because he even told his boss a lie saying like, Oh, it was just a prop, but like what person would bring a gun prop to a children's hospital or really any performance involving like children of any age or anybody for that matter. So, you know, he lost his job and then later on he, um, you know, he forget what he did after this though. I think he, yeah, when he was going to get his stuff and everything, uh, he pretty much, uh, you know, angrily stomped out of the his job and stuff, you know, and then he gave his friend that look, like, and then he told his friend, like, well, you're the one that gave me the gun, and then, you know, to call his friend out, just so they know it wasn't 
totally all his fault, even though Arthur is still technically the one to blame. And then uh, when he's like going home, he gets on this train and, you know, he's kind of going home on the train with like the client, you know, he has all the, the makeup and stuff on. And then he sees these three guys dressed up in suits and they're talking to this girl and, you know, Arthur's thinking like, well, he's not really thinking he was just really there. And I noticed that I thought they were going to rape the girl because they were clearly drunk and not within their right mind. And Arthur started laughing because he knew the situation wasn't ending well. And in the movie, they established that the laughing is like a disorder that he has so he can't really control it um and you can clearly see it because every time he laughs in the film it's like he gets noticeably sick as he's laughing and you can tell that it's painful for him so you know he continues laughing and then these guys don't take it as a joke and then you know they start to beat him up and then arthur in an act of self-defense shoots the one guy in the head like point blank you know and then he you know, goes on to shoot the other guy and then he shoots the other guy in the leg and then he, they get off the train and then Arthur is like, well, eh, I guess I got to kill you now because we killed two guys and, you know, that's too deep as it is. So can't have any witnesses. So he goes and he shoots the other guy, kills him, and then he runs off and then goes back to his house and, you know, he sees it on the news and then, you know, he's kind of pretty much acting like, oh, I'm not the one that just killed those guys, even though I'm totally the murderer. But, you know, but he gets kind of happy because he said, wow, the news is talking about it. You know, people noticed what I did. So that says something, you know, even though it's really wrong and really messed up that, you know, he views it that way. Uh, later on, though, he his mother uh, got a note from Thomas Wayne, who is um, Batman's father, for those of you who don't know. And he uh, reads the letter, and it insinuates that Thomas Wayne and his mother were together at one given point, which causes Arthur to go down to Wayne Manor, which is the abode of the Wayne family. And he sees young Bruce Wayne, and then, you know, he speaks with them and is playing with them. And then he grabs his face creepily. Like, and then the kid is probably like, why are you grabbing my face? Could you please stop? Um, and then Alfred, he comes down. And this is like a different kind of Alfred because this is Alfred when he was younger. Uh, personally, I did not like the way this interaction went because I don't really like Alfred being like this arrogant asshole. Like he's usually a nice and understanding kind of guy. Even when he's not working with Bruce, he is usually the voice of reason, but he was definitely not that here. And he um, starts telling Arthur, you should go home because everything you're saying is not true and you're better off just, you know, he, you're better off d disappearing, essentially, is what he told him. So Arthur, like, almost strangles him in a fit of rage and then he runs back home. You know, he later on returns to Wayne Manor, but he goes through the riot, which is happening because all these people were so moved by what Arthur did, but not really so much by what Arthur did, but the fact that somebody went and killed people that were in a better position than they were, because 
all the people in Gotham like were so fed up with like nothing being done to better their own lives, like, you know, not better housing, you know, better access to like hospital care and, you know, things that would make their lives a little bit more manageable, you know, and since all that is being taken away, I actually skipped a scene because um, Arthur like was talking with his therapist and his therapist told him that um, they were shutting down like all the programs in the city. Um, I forgot uh, the social services, which are there to like help people like Arthur who are poor, you know, and the funding was being cut and, you know, there was, you know, this great scene where like Arthur was saying to the therapist, uh, and don't worry, I'm going to go back to the Wayne Manor stuff. But like Arthur was, you know, talking to the therapist and he told the therapist, like, you don't listen, do you? You know, he tells the therapist, like, all I have are bad thoughts. And he said, every time I come here, though, you just spew and spew all this nonsense about like, do this and do that, though. But you never really speak to me on a human human level about what's actually wrong with me. You know, I really love that scene because... I don't know. I feel like a lot of people like have those same kind of thoughts when they go to therapy. Not like everybody, but like some people feel like, yeah, my therapist is just like saying all this stuff, but they're not really, they don't really get me the way that I want them to, because if they did, then they wouldn't, they would sound a little bit more caring though. It wouldn't sound so cold, but you know, that also depends on the therapist you go to because there's different walks of people and different kinds of therapists. But anyway, um, yeah, that scene was really good. And then you go back to the whole Wayne Manor thing. There was a riot. Arthur somehow sneaked through the riot, got through the police and all the security, and walked straight into Wayne Manor. I don't know how he did that because it was way too easy, honestly. thought there would have been a little bit more resistance on, that, on, on the security's behalf, but oh well. Uh, he walked into Wayne Manor, and then he dresses up as like a butler, and then he's like walking around. Nobody is none the wiser in there, and he sees Thomas Wayne and his family uh, watching in a 30s movie, which is depicting, like, a guy that's making a fool of himself, you know, and then they start watching it, and the parallel of that film is, like, to showcase how the rich, you know, view people like Arthur as just entertainment, and they will separate themselves and put themselves in a bubble and act like, you know, well... We don't have to really care about it, though, because, you know, if their lives are that bad, then they would they would make it better. So it's not our fault. We don't have to do anything, you know, which only like makes Arthur even angrier or, you know, more distraught at this point. So then he goes and sees Thomas Wayne in the bathroom and he tells Thomas Wayne, well, you're my dad. And then Thomas Wayne denies this, and he says, no, I'm not your dad. Your mother was crazy. That's why we fired her, and you were actually adopted. Now, get the hell out of my face, you know, kind of thing. And then Arthur starts to argue with him. Thomas Wayne doesn't really like that, so, you know, he <clears throat> socks it to him, you know. And, you know, Arthur doesn't really know how to respond to this. And then Thomas Wayne says, like, if you ever mess with my son again, I will kill you. You know, that was also a really great scene because, you know, that was showcasing how, like, asshole-ish Thomas Wayne was a little bit, though, and how he wasn't really taking the time to really, like, 
nicely tell Arthur what he was saying. He said it in such a mean way that it came across to Arthur like, you know, you just don't care about me at all. You know, which you really got that through the performance. So I had to give props to that the guy that played Thomas Wayne. And then um, Arthur ran back home, or no, he didn't go home. He went to um, Arkham Asylum to get some paperwork on his birth certificate. And you know, he was talking. With, he was talking with the receptionist, you know, who handled all the paperwork, which is a guy from Atlanta. For those of you who watch Atlanta. I do. Still waiting on season three. Anyway, um, Arthur, um, you know, he's talking to the receptionist and then, you know, he's saying, like, can I have the papers? And then the guy, he brings the papers out and he's like, um, you know, this is kind of weird, though, because these papers weren't really documented. They were just kind of hidden away, like in the back of the room. And he says, like, if you want them, like, I'm going to need some certification. You know, and then Arthur goes and tells him, like, oh, you know, it was me that killed those three guys. And, and then the receptionist says, excuse me? Um, you know, I really want to keep my job. So, you know, there's services for that. And then in the back of your mind, you're saying, like, oh, crap. Well, there aren't any more services now because Arthur said they cut them all. So, and then Arthur steals the papers. He runs off. Um and he reads them, and then he finds out that uh, he was actually adopted and that, um, you know, he didn't have any parents as far as he was concerned. And he, he um, his mother and her boyfriends, when he was younger, abused him so much to the point that he would laugh to try to forget about the pain, which is why, you know, he laughs all the time. So then he comes to the conclusion that, you know, it's my mom's fault that I'm this way because she's not even really my mom. And then the fact that she abused me, though, just makes her a really horrible person because it's her fault that I turned out this way, which to a degree is true, not entirely. And that's once again him blaming other people and him not taking fully responsibility for the way that he is. So he goes to his mother at the hospital and then he, uh, you know, strangles her to death, which was another very bone chilling scene because, you know, I couldn't really imagine anybody really killing their mom, even over something like that. But, you know, that that was really like that got me kind of thing. Uh, and then um, let's see the thing that happened afterwards was, uh, yeah, he went back to his house and, you know, uh, the guy from his job and stuff, they came over to, like, check on him to see how he was doing. And he literally, like, starts talking to him. And then he goes, like, bang. And he just, like, starts ramming this head against the wall in very much a Joker fashion. And he, like, kills this dude. And it was, like, something to me that was, like, kind of a satisfying payoff to see that. Because that was really built up and like... You know, I felt the tension and the anger in Arthur built up over this guy. So I was surprised he let him slide for so long, you know. But the way he killed him, like, that was, like, really well done, though. Like, it was so abrupt and so bloody. Like, that was easily the most gory death by far in the film and the most disturbing one. And then, like, the scene after that, like, the the next moment, like, you see the, the young... Uh, dwarf dude 
uh, he, you know, was saying like, can I go home and stuff? And then he was walking. And for a second there, I thought he was going to kill him because he is so crazy at this point that I wouldn't put it past him to just like off this dude because he's fully transitioned almost into being like a full on Joker. So, you know, he lets him go. And then as soon as the guy gets to the door, he can't reach the lock. And then I'm like, oh crap, he's definitely going to kill him now. Cause he led him into a false sense of security. Like, and you know, usually in horror films though, when like the thing that's about to kill you, like makes you think that you can escape, like I'll let you go. And then it just comes and rips you apart. Like that's honestly what I thought was going to happen. Uh, but then he, he opens the door and then he says like, thank you for being the only person that was nice to me. And then that's really the only reason he'd let him live. Cause had he been a asshole to him, he probably would have suffered the exact same fate. Maybe not to the same degree, but he probably just would have shot him, point blank. But he let him go, and then shortly after, he got a call from, uh, yeah, he got a call from the comedian guy. And there was a previous scene that I skipped over where the comedian guy made, like, a joke about him um, because he was doing stand-up comedy routines, and he was saying, like, this guy is just not funny, and, you know, he should just quit while he's ahead kind of thing and ironically he got a call from him saying he wanted him on the show because apparently he trended don't ask me how he trended because this is like in the 80s and the internet is in its infancy so i'm pretty sure nothing was trending online it was more like newspaper trendy so and you know he his the guy, you know, invites him on the show, and then Arthur's like, relieved and say, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll come up on the show, you know. So, and also, like, as viewers, like, you know he's about to do some crap, like, some really me messed up crap on stage, you know. Because that's a little unrealistic, too, when I think about it, though, because, like, why would you invite somebody like that on, on stage, and they didn't do any background checks, they just wanted him up on stage, and just were assuming that this guy is, like, all right in the head, <laughs> Uh, and then uh, after the fact, uh, he goes and he like talks to this girl that, um, as the viewers, we thought he was dating. I mean, in my mind, I kind of knew that, you know, um, the girl that he was pursuing throughout the film, uh, which is also played by an Atlanta actor. Go watch Atlanta. I've said it twice now. You should watch it. It's a great show. Anyway, um. The girl, you know, when he when he walks into her apartment, she's like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, I don't know you like that. You should really get out of my apartment, please. Like, I have a daughter. Um, I don't want anything bad to happen, so please get out of my apartment. And, you know, he looked at her, and then it, like, she was like, should I call your mother? And then, you know, his mother's dead, so that's not going to help. So then he leaves the room. And we don't really know what transpired there. We don't know if she was killed or if he let her live or if he did anything at all. Um, most likely he did not kill her. And so he left. And then he pretty much made the transition into the whole Joker costume that you saw like in the trailers. And then he was pursued by the police. Because the police at this point like pretty much know that it's Arthur who, who has been murdering all these people. And the connections just are too evident now for Arthur to just play it off anymore. So he runs, and then he goes to the train. Luckily, um, there's all these people that are, have been so moved by Arthur 
and his actions that uh, they pretty much stopped the police. And then Arthur, um, he runs, you know, through the train and then he gets off the train and he makes his way to the show. Um, and then when he gets on there, you know, he tells the guy, you know, when you introduce me on stage, could you call me Joker? And he, um, you know, he agrees to that and he says, whatever you want, pal. And, you know, he goes on stage, you know, he, he does like the whole walk up and everything, which we saw him practice in a previous. So it has been made pretty clear to me that the DC films in the past have been struggling a bit to keep a consistent theme going. I mean, I did personally like Aquaman. I really liked Wonder Woman. Uh, Aquaman was a little bit more in the vein of um, the comedy kind of aspect. And then you had um, Shazam, which was definitely mostly a lot of comedy and action mix. And then, you know, um, the movies before that, you know, like Man of Steel, that was decent. But then you had like the crap show that was Batman v Superman. And then you had Justice League, which was a very bad movie to me. So I think what's good about this Joker film is that it's actually going to like make the DC films a lot darker because as the lineup goes, you know, you have like Wonder Woman 1984 coming out in 2020. You have Birds of Prey coming out in 2020. You have the Batman, uh, the Suicide Squad movie coming out in 2021. And then I believe you also have uh, The Flash in 2021 as well. And then Aquaman 2 in 2022, which is the current lineup of the future DC films. And I think there's also a Black Adam film coming out as well after all those films release. Um, but I think the Joker is going to make those movies a lot more darker. Because we all know if one thing is true about DC, that DC is good when they make you uncomfortable, like they're good when they tell dark, realistic stories because you know, when, when it's comedy, it's like, I can't really take the characters that seriously. I mean, I think that's why I liked man of steel and why I liked, um, you know, Batman v Superman, despite like, you know, some bad writing here and there was because it was actually some dark stuff that they were tackling here about society. And that's what they're kind of, that, that, that's what DC is known for. I mean, they should honestly call them dark comics, you know, DC. So, yeah, um, I don't really like all, I don't really like a lot of people saying that uh, this movie was like going to bolster more people to become like shooters and stuff, though, because that like, once again, plays on the whole argument about media making people do bad stuff and want to kill people, even though like the people most likely had those thoughts before they even watched that media or played those games. So I'm not really going to talk too much about that because, you know, there's a lot of politics involved there and I don't really want to get into all that. But, um, yeah, uh, I think the movie definitely deserves, you know, all the accolades it's getting. I really do want a sequel from this movie. I know like the, um, the guy that directed it, Todd Phillips, he said he wasn't really planning on making another sequel and i can respect that though because i i do like some standalone movies being standalone but at the same time though this movie you know because it had bruce wayne and it, it kind of did set up you know the batman in an indirect kind of way so 
I feel like at this point they should make one, but they don't have to. I'd be fine if they didn't. But I really also do want another film like this, but centered around Batman. Or you know what would be cool? If they actually did the whole um, the, the hush kind of Batman where it's like, they don't tell they don't show Batman already being Batman. They show how Batman kind of slowly became Batman. Kind of like the same thing with Arthur Fleck, but do it with Batman. You know, have him slowly, you know, go from like a kid to like a teenager and, you know, eventually young man Batman. And then at the end of the movie show Batman like being in his full bulked out kind of experience mode. You know, I think that's more compelling because I have they they haven't showed that in any Batman film so far, though. You know, I think that would be give Batman a little bit more depth as a as a human character. You know, that went through a lot of trauma though, and experienced a lot of pain though. Because you know how Batman talks about though, like I don't kill and everything because it goes against my code. Well, I'd like to see how you came to that though. I don't think that came to you overnight. You know, because as a kid, you know, like as a teenager, when he was training and stuff, you know, there were some things that happened. If you saw the, the if you saw the TV show Gotham, like that, that was really meant to showcase that. But it really just kept Bruce as a kid and we didn't see him grow up too much. You know, we didn't see him become Batman. Not 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 to the same vein as like in Smallville, where we saw each each, um, you know, page of uh Clark's life and how he eventually became Superman. We didn't really see that in Gotham, you know, so I would like to see that in a film, you know, sped up a bit because, you know, it's a film, but like, I think that would really benefit the character quite a bit. Uh, Yeah, that's really all I want to see, honestly, from like a sequel movie, though. I don't really have much else to say, though, except that I really like the film. Um, Some of you know that, like, you know, I always gravitate to these kind of things because I like things that make me feel uncomfortable and I like societal breakdown kind of films, which is why like, you know, when these artsy kind of things come out though, I'm like so hyped to see them. Like, you know, if you've seen the movie like dope, um, it has like societal like undertones about, I, you know, juggling between being a criminal and being a good person when you're brought up in an environment that has both, um, and then you have like other films, I mean, what's, uh, like, uh, then like the, the equalizer, uh, which talks about, you know, being in the military and being like, um, a killer in the military for your country and then coming out the military and wondering what you're doing with your life because all you've known is killing and whether or not you're going to continue to kill as a criminal or if you're going to kill in the uh in the in the hand of justice like to help other people out you know that's a really good one uh you have kick ass which is like a whole parody an artsy film on like if you were to become a superhero um and the reality of what that entails and how most people wouldn't do it because nobody's willing to put their life on the line despite wanting to do it really bad. You wouldn't go out there and you wouldn't fight criminals because you'd get shot, most likely, or beat to death, which, you know, was depicted in the film, though. And, you know, it was telling you, like, this is not a game kind of thing. So that was really why I like this film, though. You know, I'm probably going to buy this, too, on put it on like my computer or something though so i can just go back and watch it or like another example is like 
um, the movie Wh Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash is like about telling like a story about a person that has like taken themselves so far to the point that they're willing to just give up everything to pursue this one goal, you know, and, you know, even in that movie, like there's a line saying that, um, and this isn't even true, but the whole, um, perseverance behind it is kind of true. Like, um, Michael Jackson didn't, be, Michael Jackson would not have become Michael Jackson if his father didn't beat him essentially every day to get his dance moves right or like Charlie Parker and th this is not true so don't take my word on these statements but like Charlie Parker like wouldn't have become Charlie Parker if a simple game didn't get thrown at his head and if he wasn't pushed to the brink of his ultimate talent so you know it's like if you want something bad enough like what are you willing to give up to achieve that goal kind of thing you know that's like an ultimate. I really love that film though too, though. But it, it, this that that theme kind of like carries over into this film a little bit though, because like it's kind of the opposite with Joker. It's like I didn't have anything to begin with, so I have nothing to give up. And people who have nothing to give up are the most dangerous kinds of people because they, in their minds, don't have any identity. They don't have anything to attach to anymore. So except for chaos. You know, that is their identity at that point, you know. So they just go out and do bad shit because that makes them feel good. Sorry for cussing, though. But, you know, um, that is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all I got to say on the film at this point, though. Uh, honestly, like, I did kind of want to say more, though. But I think I pretty much said everything that I wanted to say in regards to this film. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I will be doing another review like this on Kimetsu no Yaiba uh, because I did just finish that anime up and that that anime is like cemented itself in my uh, top 20 list maybe top 10 list um, so I'm gonna like do a whole episode on that not next episode but probably like a few episodes down the line because I gotta let it kind of sit in my head for a bit um, also some news updates uh, I do plan on um, introducing my co-host next episode, so uh, look forward to that. And I do hopefully plan on getting some other people on here to talk about some topics I've been wanting to discuss for a minute now. So I would just stay tuned for those things. Um, also, check out my Patreon. Um, not a lot is on there, so you're probably not going to care much for it, but I, you know, did do put some educational resources that I took the time to compile and put on there uh, for people that might not know that are like new to college or, you know, high school, stuff like that. So if you're interested in that stuff, you know, go go over to uh, patreon.com slash g-r-e-g t-a-l-k-z that's patreon.gregtalks with a z and yeah uh, hopefully you find something that you like there and as far as this podcast goes I always say it at the end of every video you can find this podcast on iTunes Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify and a few other platforms, but mostly just iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, and, of course, 
anchor.fm slash Greg Talks, which is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z. Yeah. So thank you for listening, and I will see you in about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. No, I'll say a week and a half, because I can't stay away from you guys for that long um, with a new episode and a co-host. So thank you, and bye.